This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Well, I want to welcome our staff here at our Sabbath service today. And also we're going to be on television, we'll be on radio, and so all those that will be listening and watching Welcome to this service. I'm Dr. E.J. Buckard. I'm filling in, so to speak, with Dr. Hansen. He's been called to ministry in the state of Hawaii, in Honolulu. He'll be ministering there for a couple weeks. And so we need to keep him in mind in prayer because as a prophet and apostles, he's got a lot that the Lord's given to him to give to these people. And you've heard him speak in the past, so you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to study Matthew chapter 10. This is Jesus' call to the disciples. And I think it also applies to call for us to serve as disciples. Basically, what I'd like to challenge you with today, and it will be a challenge, call you to examine your life, your present life, and then look at the past, and then figure out what you're going to do in the future because that's what we live for. I'm going to read from chapter 10, the first 10 verses. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and of all manner of diseases. And now the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Labirius, whose surname is Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And the twelve Jesus sent forth, commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, but into any city of the Samaritans enter you not, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel." And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, and freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purse, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor staves, for the workman is worthy of his hire or of his meat. This is the mission call to the 12 disciples. Are we fulfilling our call as the disciples will fulfill their call? What is our task as disciples and followers of Jesus? What is our mission? What is your mission? For us as Christians who are born again, 
A side note to verse 1 through 5, Jesus chose common men, uneducated men, to minister to the Jews and the Israelites. Jesus chose Paul, a highly intelligent individual, educated in the Torah, to go to the common man. I just think there's something interesting about that, and I don't know how to make a message on it, but I think there's something interesting about that, that Jesus actually called common men to minister to the religious people, and he called a religious man to preach to the unreligious. We all have a task that God's given us. Okay, in verse number one, it says, He gave them power. He did not give you your power. He gave his power to you to do what he's called you to do. Very important. And what were the powers he gave him? Number one, to preach. And what were they to preach? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And if you go to Matthew 3, 2, And in those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist says, Repent, for the kingdom of God. Jesus, after he came out of the wilderness, said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's in Matthew, I think that's Matthew 4, verse 17. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. If you go to Matthew 10, 7, and he said, Go preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Mark 6, 12 says, And they went out, that's the disciples, and preached that men should repent. Repent. Very, very important. John the Baptist said it. Jesus said it. Peter said it. Paul says it. And then it said, heal the sick. I think about COVID that took place here in the last few years. Many people got sick with COVID. Now, personally, I think COVID and the flu, a lot of people had flu that were said had COVID, but still it's an Ill illness and it kills people. People die from COVID. People die from the flu. But he said, heal the sick. One of the first things Jesus says, heal the sick. I think the church failed drastically during this COVID epidemic. They failed drastically. Some of the churches even closed down their churches. Where should you go if you're sick? Let the elders lay hands on you. Pray for the sick. Let them be healed. God is the healer. We started taking the church, I think, the idea that we need to obey the government rather than God. The Bible says we ought to obey God rather than manna, the world. The church failed. Much of the church failed. Not all the church, but much of the church failed. Because I believe that the COVID was nothing more than a biological weapon. Same as HIV back in the early 70s. A biological weapon. I have proof of that, but I won't go into that now. Satan is creating through man diseases that will kill. But what does God say? You came here to heal and to cleanse. Take that seriously, folks. Before you make your decision, go to God. He is the healer. And one of the reasons I think people failed in this COVID deal because of the news media made it that if you don't take the shot, you're going to die from the COVID. And it became a fear. I don't want to die. What did Jesus say? 
Die to yourself and live for him. Ah, we just violated one of the basic Christian principles. Die to yourself. Because when you die to yourself, you live for the Lord. Physical death will not bother you. But everybody is fear. And I must admit, who of us wants to die early? I mean, we like to see our children, our grandchildren grow up and all these things and have a wonderful life that we've had so far in America. We do not want to die. We want to live. So the question is, do we want to live for ourselves or do we want to live for the Lord? Then he said, raise the dead, cast out devils, and then freely give the gospel and the love of Jesus. When he says freely give, he's not referring to money. He's referring to the gospel that Jesus did. The salvation that we received when he died on the cross, freely give that out to others that I have given to you. In verse 9 and 10, it says, Provide neither gold nor silver, nor brass in your purse, no script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat and his hire. God will provide. Do you really believe God will provide for all these things for you? Do you really trust God for these things? Trusting his word. His word is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. It never changes. He said in Matthew 6, 31 through 35, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Whether thou shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Greeks seek. These are the seeking the things of the world. Wealth and joy and pleasure. All the things that we need. New cars, new homes, sometimes two houses, sometimes three houses. I don't know why that's all about, but anyway, that's what the Gentiles seek. For after all, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought of tomorrow, for the morrow should take thought of the things of itself. I challenge you to take a serious look at this chapter 10 of Matthew. It's challenging. We are not... Oh, and then, okay, next step. 12 through 15. And we come into the house, when you go into a house, when you're out there ministering, and the house, if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whatsoever shall not receive nor hear your words when you depart out of the house of the city shake the dust off your feet verily i say unto you it shall be more tolerable for the land of sodom and gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city our job is to bring the gospel the love of jesus and if people refuse it that's not your responsibility you have to speak the word. If they refuse it, that is not your responsibility. People are responsible for their own decisions when it comes to their salvation. You can't really force salvation on the people. They have to accept it on their own, as I hope all of you have done. We just present the love of the gospel. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sins of immorality, homosexuality, etc. How can God not destroy America? 
a nation is promoting the same sins of abomination around the world? Church, wake up. Don't let the culture determine what you do. Culture's determining what the church should do instead of the church determining the culture. And if God would destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, why would he not destroy America? That's a very serious thought. We're living in a very serious time. I believe America is very close to this judgment for its sins. Even the church has fallen prey to these sins of, of abomination. I like the one the other day I looked at it, it says the LGBT1A plus 2. Originally it started out LBGT, and now they've added all this other stuff. I have no idea what it means, but I thought it was kind of interesting. And it has actually infiltrated the church. Nazi Germany killed six million Jews. We have killed in abortion over six million babies. God loves little children. Let the little children come unto me, he says. Folks, take this seriously. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. Repentance, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance is required if we want to delay judgment. And I use the word delayed judgment. If you think about Nineveh in the Bible, it was a very evil city and place. Yet when they repented, God spared their lives for another hundred years. It delayed the judgment. And we know from Scripture, there is a time coming when Jesus says, if I don't return, even the elect could be deceived. We know that Jesus is coming back because times are getting, will get so bad. So in other words, when I say this, we need at the present time, if we repent, I believe nation, this nation can delay the judgment. If not, that judgment is going to fall very soon, I believe. My thoughts. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, it talks about seven churches. Five of those seven churches, God says, repent. Five out of seven. Not seven out of seven. You just have to think about that. There were a couple churches in there that did well. They did what was right. They did not have to come to repentance. And now we look at the church today. There's a lot of churches out there, a lot of pastors and congregations are doing the right thing. They're not being called to repent. They're being called to continue to preach the gospel as truth. But most of them, five out of seven, need to repent. Nothing's new. Nothing's changed. What took place in the past, history repeats itself over and over again, which I'll go into a little bit later. How many churches today need to repent? Are you a member of a church that needs to repent? If you are, call your pastor and say, hey, we're going the wrong direction. And if we keep this up, judgment is going to fall. I'm not a prophet. I'm not an apostle. I'm a minister of the gospel, as each and every one of you are. But I can say to you, without a doubt, if there's not repentance, judgment will fall. But you as a Christian, don't worry about it. Fear not. God will be with you. He will see you through it. That's the promise we have when we obey the Scripture. What a great promise. Now, starting in verse 16 through 7, 16 through 23, this is a very hard saying that Jesus gave to disciples and to us. Behold, I send you forth as sheep 
in the midst of the wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as dove. Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to consuls, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. And when they deliver you up, take no thought of how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speaks, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And brothers shall deliver up brother to death, the father the child. The children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee to another city. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over all the city of Israel till the son of man comes. Wow. You shall be hated by all men as a Christian. Your brother will take up against a brother, a father against a son. That's a hard saying. Jesus is telling disciples, this is not going to be an easy life, folks. When you live for me, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be tough times. There's going to be sorrow. Family is going to rise up against family. And aren't we seeing this today? I mean, I know great Christian families that are split because the children or the parents are not following the Lord. It's very common. It's very common. We are living in those times. But if you already called to be a servant of the Lord, the Lord says, hey, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. How many of us and how many of you want to go and sit in prison as you stand up for the Lord and you live in a country that says, if you follow the Lord Jesus Christ and you follow the Christian principles, you're an enemy and we want to destroy you. We take a look at Israel right now, Hamas, totally under the influence of satanic Satan. What they've done is totally unbelievable. In war, usually it's battle against soldiers against soldiers. How did this one start? The killing of women and men and babies. Totally satanic. Yes, we're living these times. They're human beings. These Hamas killers are human beings. They're flesh and blood, but they're driven by an evil spirit. So there's only one thing that can happen, and a lot of people won't like this, but Israel cannot give up until Hamas is totally destroyed. And as a son of the creator, or the co-founder of Hamas, his son, who's now a Christian, spoke to the United Nations, and he was very, very vehement about how, what this is all about. He says, if you don't destroy them now, they'll come after you. So these people in America, especially the women sometimes, are standing up for Hamas. Once they get done with Israel, if they win, they're coming after you. They're coming after your children. Wake up. Smell the roses. Is that the way the saying goes? Wake up. We are living in a dangerous time. But at the same time, if you go to verse 26, fear them not. <laughs> fear says, don't fear these people. For there is nothing covered that shall not be covered and hid that shall not be known. When I tell you in darkness that speak ye the light, and what ye hear in the ear that preach upon the housetops, and fear not them which kill the body. That's verse number 28. 
Fear not them that kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him that is able to destroy both the soul, the body, and hell. Yes, there is a good fear. There's an ungodly fear and there's a good fear. The good fear is fear God, who can send you to hell. The ungodly fear is fear of man. And Satan, or the devil, is the author of fear. We need to die to ourselves and to live for Jesus. If you go to Daniel, I'm not going to do it now for time's sake, but Daniel 3, 17 through 18 and 24 through 30, the three Hebrew boys that went into the fiery furnace, they said they would not bow to Nebuchadnezzar. They would not bow. But if they live or die, that's what counts. They went into the fiery furnace. Even Nebuchadnezzar came out of that one better off than he was when he started. But in other words, we say, even if you have to die, even if you have to be a martyr, and none of us want to be a martyr, but yet at the same time, we cannot forsake our God. You cannot do that. In verse seven through th 37 through 39, the first love that we have is a demand of Christ. Who is your first love? What is your addiction? There's two types of addiction, believe it or not. The one leads to life. If you're addicted to Jesus Christ, you go to life. If you have a bad addiction, it leads to death. So there's two good addictions. addictions. So my question I've got to ask you, what is your addiction? Is it Jesus or some worldly thing? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your hobby? Your car? Your home? Is it your computer? Is it your cell phone? Is it TV? Movies? How do you spend your time when you're not working at your career? I mean, we have to work at a career because it's doing what is necessary to provide for your family. And that's what we need to do, provide for a family. Career is a wonderful thing. Careers can be a lot different, just not preaching the gospel. It can be working with a Microsoft. It can be working flying for airline, being a flight attendant. It can be a technician, you know. It can be a farmer, construction worker. You do your best at what you do. But other than that, is Jesus Christ the one that rules your life? We need to examine our life. I think you need to examine every day. I know I need to examine my life. And have, we reset, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? You know, we have been a very, very blessed nation. And so therefore, we are suffering some nice things, unfortunate things. I had an article here, it's called The Camels on the Horizon. Here's the truth, and it's really a prediction about an unfortunate future. The founder of Dubai, Sheikh Rashid, was asked about the future of his country. And he says, my grand grandfather rode a camel. My father rode a camel. I ride a Mercedes. My son rides a Land Rover. My grandson is going to ride a Land Rover. My great-grandson is going to have to ride a camel again. Why, why is that, he asked. He replied, hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create difficult times. And many will not understand this, but you have to raise warrior, warriors 
and not parasites. Many of the famous empires have fallen. They were not conquered by external enemies. They rotted from within. America now has passed 250 year mark and the rotting is starting to be visible and accelerated. We are past the Mercedes and the Land Rover years. Camels are on the horizon. The greatest generation that America saw consists of 18-year-old kids storming the beaches of Normandy. And now, two generations later, that's only 40 years, 80 years, some 18-year-olds want to hide in safe rooms when they hear words that hurt their feelings. They also want free stuff from the government because they think they are entitled to it. Camels are on the horizon, for sure. History has a way of repeating itself. Are we going to go back to horse and buggy days, back to riding camels? We have a choice. Stand up for Jesus Christ. Stand up for the truth. And let's see this nation come back to the biblical principles. Our Constitution was based on the Bible. Take serious, folks, what I'm saying. Examine yourself, and then from there, let's go forward with truth and righteousness and justice. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.